Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That is Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber, and you can read his latest piece up at allchgo.com about Chris Flexen. Hey, there's producer Sarah. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I threw off the order. Looks uh, good, Sarah. F- flashing Vinny's uh, screenshot. So go check it out over at allchgo.com. It's not just a screenshot. You can actually you scroll. You could go and scroll, and, and it's and m- more words than even Sarah showed. That's iconic. <laughs> uh, and the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Wall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, and thanks to everyone hanging out with us in the chat. It's still uh, it's a new year, but uh, same faces. Old old faces. Old familiar faces like Luke, Jordan, and uh, Matt from uh, Oakland hanging out with us in the chat. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button and make sure you're subscribing because uh, who isn't a Bears fan, right? You, you might be a White Sox fan. You might be a Cubs fan, but everyone uh, is a Bears fan in Chicago and the number one uh, with the crown over there means that the Bears have the number one pick. And this again. is going to be uh, again. Uh, and uh, the, the whole quarterback thing uh, is, is huge. So if you are looking for uh, Chicago Bears coverage, we also cover the, the, the Bears on this the, this channel. So make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're telling your grandma. Make sure you're t- my grandma watches every one of these shows. Make sure you're telling your grandma. Make sure you're telling your grandpa. Make sure you're telling any family, friends that you know of, of CHGO because uh, it's going to be a, a big year. And we also called each other to wear the same hats man we're matching <laughs> I, was, I was gonna be like you know what it's 2024 i finally got one of the hats right i should go ahead and wear it proudly today and i had a moment of pause i'm like hmm what if Sean and Herbert were wearing the same hat? We you all look like we're day. matching. And I'm like, no, I'll roll the dice. I'll roll the dice today. Should have just gone with the blue. This is this is strange looking. Came up craps. The hat the hat looks great. Yes. The hats all together looks like we're about to take the field. They, well, I mean, there are, they are three different hats though. Um, you you have a clean, fresh one. You know, seems like it, you Dead just took hat. it out of the wrapping. Uh, you have the trucker hat trucker with hat. the CHGO under the flag, and as Lawrence called mine, uh, old and dirty. So uh, I think you he know. was calling you old and dirty, and the hat's all right. Oh, nice. Okay, oh, great, good, good. Thanks, but you're Lawrence. only like what twenty four. I was going to say it's not often around here Sean gets called old. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't like it. <laughs> False. Uh, all right, but uh, let's jump in. Uh, as I. Wrote on Twitter to promote the show. I said, come join Vinny Ecknerwall and Sean Anderson as they discuss the shape of the White Sox rotation. What is the shape of the White Sox rotation? Is it a circle? Is it a, a square? <laughs> wow, this is, this is abstract. Rectangle? This is abstract. But here's what I would say. It has... Uh, there's a lot of volume. Yes. There are a lot of guys who could be in this White Sox rotation. Uh, but as I wrote today, I don't think any of them uh, are anything close to what you would call a sure thing, giving you dependability, reliability going into the year. The only guy who would do that is Dylan Cease. And the big question mark for him right now is, is he even going to be on the White Sox come spring training or come opening day? So uh, Chris Flexen is the newest member of that group. And it is a group that Chris Getz keeps adding to. It's a it's a group that keeps welcoming in new names. But uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find excitement in the fan base uh, for just about any of these guys. As we were talking before the show, you know, we spent you know one or two weeks considering it was arguably the biggest move of the winter meetings, talking about Eric Fetty coming to the White Sox. He he's starting to look like the guy who's going to be the biggest lock, the biggest sure thing out there. And he didn't even pitch in the major leagues last year. So it should go to show you exactly what the shape of the White Sox rotation is at the moment, because it is just nothing but questions all the way up and down. Yeah, if you're an MLB fan, you see these names as Vinny brought up Fetty. Flexing, you've heard of these guys, and you've heard of them getting rocked for their uh, the later part of their uh, major league baseball careers, and so it doesn't like instill like excitement in you. And it shouldn't, but I think that Eric, uh, that uh, Brian Bannister and Chris Getz, and some part of Ethan Katz are like, yes, we can bring these guys in and get them back on track because it's not that far away from when Chris Flexen in 2021 was at the top of the league in ERA and innings pitched and wins like he was there in Seattle and doing well and it just fell off the table I think and I've been reading a little bit about him maybe the pitch clock messed him up big time this past Mm -hmm. year because in 2021 he had the most pickoffs to first base 
at any as any bit but baseball player and he only picked off three guys so i don't know what the hell he was doing but it's a move that what 1.75 million dollars who cares it's a drop in the bucket and it's actually giving the white Sox what they desperately need depth and that might not be good depth but these pitchers at minimum will be major league starters at minimum maybe in the minor leagues you can have these Tuki Toussaints and the Jesse Schultons go down to give you triple-A depth, and then when it's time, when one of these pitchers inevitably gets hurt, you can have actual major league pitchers come up instead of people who were like, who is this guy? This is not a this is not major league quality. Tuki doesn't have any options. Okay, so, so tu- he, Tuki is either on the stay. team or off the team. So this is a, a, a eh, move, but it's not a move where you got to get mad at if you're a White Sox fan. It's a eh, Fine. Well, here's the thing, Herb, is that all the moves have been that yeah. so far. I mean, and, and, you know, you could go into the position player side and basically say the same thing. But if we're just looking at the starting pitching, the guys who have been added to it, Fetty, Flexen, Soroka, Schuster, I guess if you want to say Shane Drohan from the Rule yeah, 5 draft. I mean, <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about all really low-risk but, I mean, they're dice rolls. Yeah, okay. all, all of them are dice rolls. And listen, they brought in Brian Bannister for a reason. A guy who said that it, when he talked to us back in September, his sweet spot, he called it his sweet spot, is working with guys coming off of down years who, who you know need to kind of recapture their former glory a little bit. There's a lot of those guys out there, and and the, the two guys that you mentioned are kind of part of that. They didn't really overly impress in their auditions last year, uh, that being Toussaint and Schultons. You got some guys down in the minor leagues, specifically Davis Martin, who's going to be coming off of an injury. And then you've got, of course, Michael Kopech, who had a terrible year last year and is going to need to be. That's a lot of work for Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz to do. And listen, on on the positive side, hey, the White Sox have guys who enjoy doing that work, who have had success doing that work. Like, good thing that they've got them in there because that's what they've got to work with now. But you'd also like some guys like Dylan Cease who maybe don't need to be worked with too much, you know what I mean, who don't need to have that bounce back. Um, You know, whether Cease is going to be here or not, we don't know. But to this point, there's been nobody added that you would look at and say, oh, that's a long-term move. That's a guy that the White Sox are are getting to put themselves in uh, a good spot in the years to come. I think they're hoping that some of these guys could could pay off that way. But, um, you know, a one-year deal for Chris Flexen, that sounds like a sign-and-flip to me, right? I mean, or or an innings-eater even at at that. Uh, You know, and and really, Fetty, we've talked about the, the possibility of that being the same thing, even though he is signed for two years you know if he's killing it in july with the with what he was able to do in korea is he going to be a guy that might just turn into prospects and and you start to wonder what what is the long-term positioning on the pitching side they've got some guys in the minor leagues at the double a level and and even lower if you're talking about noah schultz who you know give you reason for optimism but the, the guys they've been adding so far that's why I, I use the word volume because i'm not quite sure what the quality is going to end up being on these guys but at least the the amount of players considering what we described as a pretty bare cupboard a pretty barren cupboard when chris gets took over i guess you can at least say that he's 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 infused some bodies into the into that group yeah and not to sound harsh but i do think that's maybe the brian bannister plan is to throw as many bodies out there as possible uh, we, we've brought up how many starters or how many pitchers made starts for the Giants last year they're a team that goes through a ton of pitchers I think they had 44 uh, well some of these are position players but around 40 pitchers over the past two years uh, throw a pitch for the Giants like they, they are looking for the ability to just get to the end of the season and I don't think that they care if it looks pretty um, at least from what you look at Bannister previous pitching uh, staffs for, from Brian Bannister. Um, so I, I get your point about all the question marks because there are a ton of question marks, but is this not what you kind of talked about two weeks ago where you want to just grab all of the guys and, it, and, and have a ton of options? It absolutely is, but I think it needs to go in concert with other things, right? Because we've talked about teams, White Sox teams in the past who looked like they had a solid starting five, but there was nothing underneath them, right? And, and so that's the thing. It's like, hey, you need to build depth. Go out and get these minor league guys and, and see what you can do. But then on the other hand, if you're just getting the depth part, if you're just getting guys who fall into that depth category, who's making all the starts for you? You know what I mean? Like, there, it, it's, it's great to have guys who did what Davis Martin did two years ago 
who could who can step into that role when someone gets hurt, and you know you're going to have confidence in, in in plugging them in. Maybe Jesse Schultons ends up being that type of pitcher this year, right? Or a Jared Schuster, a guy they can kind of shuttle up and down, but. They need, they need guys to make starts. They need guys to eat innings. Chris Flexen is a guy who has eaten innings in the past, and so maybe that's what they're seeing here. Eric Fetty is probably going to be a guy that's relied upon to do that. But, I mean, how many times start to start were we talking about how many how many innings is Michael Kopech going to last today? You know what I mean? When we were yeah. throughout 2023. And so if he's a guy that you're, that you're going to lean on to make a lot of starts – and he's got question marks about it. You don't know how effective Eric Fetty is going to be because he hasn't faced major league hitting in two years. Chris Flexen coming off a terrible season uh, from an ERA standpoint. At the end of the day, I understand that you need so many more than five pitchers, but you also need those five pitchers. I, I get your point, but even like looking at the fan graphs right now, their depth chart, uh, they have Tukey in the rotation along with Soroka, Kopech, Fetty, and Cease. But Garrett Crochet has somewhat of a starter past, right? Like, could we see Garrett Crochet be an opener? I don't think it'd be that surprising. We know Jimmy Lambert's been a starter in the past. Uh, Davey Garcia has disgusting stuff, so I do wonder if you just try to make a really difficult matchup to open up a game. Tanner Banks has given you a lot of length in innings. Chris Flexen as well in the in the uh, the uh, bullpen, and then Davis Martin, who you bring up, uh, will likely return in you know May or June if everything goes correctly. Like all of these guys have the ability to open up a game, so I don't think it's going to be again. And that's a three pretty, innings, but that's three innings, right? You but know what I mean, mean, you know, you just you're killing your. Then bullpen. you got to get somebody else. Yeah, you're killing your bullpen. Do you think the White Sox are doing this on purpose, though, knowing that these guys are not really rotation pieces? They're doing the San Francisco thing because they're trying to find a market inefficiency of okay. In Major League Baseball, how many people have a complete pitching rotation? Very few. And so they're probably saying, okay, it's very expensive to fill that out if we do have a a very full rotation. Let's go with the more inexpensive and throw more arms at players like San Francisco did because it's very hard to go from three innings of Chris Flexen, even though Chris Flexen wasn't good, and then change it up with a different pitcher. Like They're probably just doing a different philosophy because all these pitchers coming in are on the roster. I mean, that $1.7 million, you can cut him. It's a drop in the bucket, but he's signed to a major league deal. Right. He's going to be he's gonna be on the team. Exactly. And, so, <laughs> and you just read all the people on the starting rotation. That's They have way too many. And so I'm thinking they're just getting a bunch of arms so they can do the San Francisco thing like you're suggesting. And it fits right into what Jerry Reinsdorf has always preached. You don't give long-term money to starting pitchers. And then they're trying to actively trade their ace that they found because he'll cost too much money. I think they're trying to do this on purpose to just start a new market inefficiency because they know that they're not going to be paying pitchers top-of-the-market money. Yeah, I'm not su- I'm suggesting that they're doing the San Francisco thing. I'm just saying the guy, the guy who was in San Francisco is now here and doing the thing. And you could definitely so tell. That's, that's I'm, I'm like, not trying to make any big jumps here. No, no, he has influence. He's. I would yes. say that this is like 100% his influence because you wouldn't see these deals done to Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams in the past. Like, they wouldn't do as many as the cupboard was bare last year. They wouldn't be having all these players that are starters and starter quality on the rotation. And there's way too many uh, players for the rotation. I think they're just going to be doing that thing where Michael Kopech has shown that he is not a five-inning pitch or not a, a regular starter in his career. So maybe he's a three and dive, four and dive, and then we bring another guy in that is paired with them. Maybe it's flexing. Maybe it's a left-hander. I don't know yet, but it seems like you can't have this many people that are starting rotation people that really haven't done or haven't done well in relief as Flexen hasn't, and then expect them all to be starting rotation people because there's too many spots, too many pitchers for five spots, and they're not going to do with a seven-man rotation. No, nor should they. No. Um, I, I think if you're talking about, you know, doing a piggybacking situation, that's dangerous because that's a that's a roster spot and that's a that's a bullpen that's a bullpen spot that you're taking away, right? So I mean, if you need somebody the next day to come in and clean up when things don't go well for Eric Fetty or heck, things don't go well for Dylan Cease if he's still around, right? And you need to cover six innings of a game that you didn't think you were gonna need to cover that much. That's that's really putting your bullpen on tenuous ground. But I, I would say this, going into spring training and having a lot of options is a good thing. The question is, how many of these options are, are good? How many of these options are going to pan out? 
one or two of them will, right? Some of them will. It's not like they're just going to all show up and just, oh, well, everybody has a six ERA. It's the worst pitching staff in the history of baseball. I'd love to say that. It's it's not going to happen. You saw what happened a few years ago with Johnny Cueto, right? When he just, they were just like, ah, fine, Johnny Cueto, let's see what he's got. And that was Ethan Katz saying, hey, let's go get Johnny Cueto from experience. Turned out to be great for him. There's going to be just as many people that are, if not more, who are Irvin Santana, who are, you know what I mean, who just don't work at all. Um, but you need, the, you need the volume. And so I, I'm, I'm complimenting the volume. It just doesn't – it just seems like so many of them are complete, are, are complete flyers. And that includes some of the guys who are on a little bit more stable footing in terms of their spot on the roster, a guy like Kopech, a guy like Fetty, and, and now you add Flexen, who's on a major league deal. I mean – those guys are going to be on the team. They're going to be part they're, whether they're part of the rotation all year, who knows, but they're going to be on the team. It's just a matter of are they going to be any good? Are they going to do are they going to perform? Uh, you know, you, you can it, it's a it's a good thing that they're leaning on Bannister because they think so highly of him. He's had success in other places and he could work magic on one, two, more of these guys and and that would be great. But at the end of the day, you need you need guys to get out and you need to be if you you need to be able to look Pedro Grafol in the eye and say, "Hey, I'm not going to just put you in a position where you got to burn through your bullpen every day, and, and you're going to and you're going to be managing with right. one hand tied behind your back. But I think there's going to be guys with designated long work each day. They might not start the game. Like Sean Manaya is a guy that sticks out as a past Giant signing, and he was a guy that was consistently a starter in Oakland. And I think he started five games for the Giants last year. Like he, um, all of his work, which was like thirty plus. Uh, outings only five of them were actual true starts Mm. um but he still was giving you five innings each time like let's just give him consistent work on a designated day sure so maybe that's michael kopech's new thing where he's still giving you five innings but he comes in during the third inning uh i'm not sure what it will look like obviously we got to see how it plays out um but uh what was i going to build off with the mania point i don't know uh at least since 2021 there's been 90 pitching staffs Right, because 30 times 3. Um, San Francisco has had the ninth highest uh, war in 2021, the 15th highest pitching staff in war uh, in 2022, and then last year it was uh, 45th. So obviously uh, they didn't get the, the, the run support maybe they needed uh, in that 2022 uh, team when they had Rodon. Uh, but that's the one thing that really, I think, separates those Giants rotations is they had Logan Webb and then Carlos Rodon at one point, right? They, they did have some of those bigger workhorses as starting pitchers. So I do think it's still a problem, right, that they don't have any of those guys that they can truly rely on. Maybe Fetty's that. We know Cease can be that, but... Will he be even on the team? Uh, we'll talk about that after we take a quick break. Want to let you know, though, about our friends over at ComEd and our friends over at Empire First. We've got to let you know about how easy it is for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. It's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who Share it, Vinny. Sean, that's very correct. It's not just correct, it's very correct. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Who I believe they're playing the electric tomorrow's playing the empty bottle later this week. I think whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Whole fleet of shipping trucks is opening up. Really, uh, what should business owners? It's wordy. Yeah, W F O S T. The um, album's good though. So what? The band name's wordy, but the album's good. Oh yeah, like of Queens of the Stone Age. Sean, you asked what business owners should do. Well, what Vinny, they should what, do. What should business owners do? What they should do is go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, and good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com? Slash clean. You know, Sean hasn't been hanging out at the empty bottle because his hearing is perfect. That's exactly what I said. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. You know, I really love to enjoy concerts by uh, putting uh, things into my ear. So the sound quality and the noise is uh, deafened. You know, I never understood that. You're going to a concert, maybe you have sensitive ears, but like, okay, I'm, I'm young, so I can damage my ears. But like... You know, what's the point? Just don't go to a concert then. You're not getting any argument here. Okay. All right. Uh, You guys want to sing? Speaking of concerts? Yes. 
588 today. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Herb, why would you do that? I don't know. I don't put it in my home. Empire wouldn't put it in their home either. Also not a copycat of Empire. You're your own brand. Uh, Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated, pro- a curated product selection. They won't overwhelm you. They're going to help you find what you need. And what they leave out of their selection is just as w- uh, important as what they put into their selection. So you can trust that what Empire is showing you will be best for your home. And you can check out their selection with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to, way to see how new floors will look in any space. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Again, all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Uh, Baloney saying you'd pull off a Empire Carpet Guy for Halloween. That's a good, that's a good costume idea. You have to... Have to go white you have to get it all white but yeah, yeah. i mean he's saying that you would look well as a 70 year old so that's good <laughs> thanks i very, guess very kind words mm-hmm. um all right uh let's look at chris flexen's 2021 uh vinny i i know this is going to be a place that maybe i lose you here uh but i'm going to try to make this as easy as possible it's 2021 Yes. He almost threw 180 innings that he year. Did. He, he almost had a Michael Kopech's dream season. Um, a, a 100 and, uh, 179 innings and two thir- or 179 and two-thirds innings, a 361 ERA for Chris Flexen. Uh, that is coming off of a stint in the KBO uh, during the uh, shortened 2020. Uh, Chris Flexen said, eh, screw that. I don't know if there's going to be a baseball season. Let's go pitch in Korea. They've uh, got two Korea, Korea uh, players now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Flexen. same rotation. Right, yeah. 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 Wow. Um, over there, he pitched 116 and two-thirds innings, and that was his most, like, professional work. Uh, he had stints in the MLB with the Mets, but didn't pitch more than 50 innings in either of those stints from 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. He finally got the chance to go make 20 starts uh, in a professional league and had an ERA of 301, took that confidence and came back and put up a three-war season in 2021 with the Mariners. Again, 179 and two-thirds innings and a 361 ERA. And the way that he made that was or the way that he was so efficient was his location. Uh, His location plus was a 104. Uh, The leader in this stat, at least in 2021, was Julio Urias uh, at 108. Uh, 100 would be league average, so he's 4% better than a qualified starter at locating pitches. And Sarah, if you want to flash this graph here, um, you can see that his fastball is, you know, up in the zone. It's, It's kind of concentrated to up uh and back then he had a really good vertical movement on his fastball which made it gave it that rising factor which either caused weak contact or swing and miss rise Uh, ball rising fastball Uh, like jenny finch yes maybe maybe they should hire her (laughs) what if i mean again it's the whole uh rookie of the year conversation I mean, they're not expecting you to throw underhand so what if you did rip it like jenny finch i don't think it's illegal no of course not. Probably hurt your elbow, uh, but other than that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> he also mixed in a cutter, and you could see that that cutter, again, was uh, located to a very specific zone. It was going to be low and in, uh, mostly to, I think that's righties, if I'm yeah. reading the, the plate correctly. Um, and then that curveball, it was low, and he tried to keep it low. And then that changeup, uh, it was really just on one side of the plate and ro- working it off that four-seam fastball with its natural tail. It was just going to end up in that area, right? So it looks like a four-seam fastball uh, at 91, but it's actually that 83-mile-per-hour uh, changeup. This changeup looks like a state of Illinois, kind of. Let me see. <laughs> Weirdly. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Mm. Kind of. Mm-hmm. It's giving a little bit... Well, maybe uh, more the Italy, cutter actually. does. Sorry, the cutter does. The cutter's got more of a state Michigan of Illinois kind look. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could kind of see the the mitt. <laughs> Anyways, um, but as you could tell, his location plus in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty two, not 
104. Not as and, good. And I don't need to show the, the what's it, what are those called? The Rorschach test? Yeah, the Rorschach. Uh, yeah. The Rorschach test for you because they're not as pretty. They're, they're not as succinct. He was very, very good in 2021, even though the stuff wasn't that great. Um, he delivered with location. His stuff plus was a 93, which isn't great, but you can even see with location plus, there's guys like Kyle Hendricks above him, uh, right? Guys that make their uh, their money on weak contact. So I, I think that if Brian Bannister can work on getting back to those zones and getting back to uh, getting more vertical movement on Chris Flexen's fastball, he could be a guy that's a, a four ERA, right? He, he could be a guy that ends up giving you 100 plus innings and a, a very uh, below average uh, ERA. So I, I don't know if it's a a bad signing, but again, it's nothing that you can actually, you know, lock in, uh, right? I don't know if Chris Flexen will, will make the uh, rotation, um, but two players or two uh, people on online, this is my final thing, and we'll jump into a different topic. Uh, pitch Profiler and uh, TJ Stats, at TJ Stats. Um, Chris Flexen, according to uh, TJ Stats, uh, has an expected 2024 ERA of 4.08, a negative 2.78 uh, difference from his actual ERA in 2023. And Pitch Profiler has him as the biggest bounce back candidate from 2023 ERA to 2024 predicted ERA. Chris Flexen, uh, again, 6.86 uh, ERA in 2023. Pitch Profiler having him as a, a predicted ERA in 4.01. Uh, so at least uh, as long as the location is there, uh, Expected stats do like Chris Flexen because, again, the main thing is him cr- causing weak contact, and with the, the better defense, uh, hopefully he'll be able to deliver that. And, hey, maybe Martin Maldonado's game plans will be able to come through for Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Flexen. So just trying to talk about why they might be interested in the sure. guy that my gut reaction was to throw up. Well, well take it easy, Sean. It's, it's going to be okay. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, I, I just, talk, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's just ugly. I mean, yeah. I'm you just sorry. go take some take some Pepto, settle that down. But uh, <laughs> I, I think, listen, there's been a lot of talk, you know, among us included, but but folks online as well that I've seen about what, what are they trying to do here? What are the White Sox trying to do here? And I think big picture that that question is very valid, right? We, we haven't seen a lot of moves that have benef- that are going to benefit them for the long term. Uh, and on top of that, a lot of the moves we've seen them make for the short term don't seem like they're going to enhance this team enough to make them really, you know, competitive in, in 2024. That being said, it is following a plan of how they want to play. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if you are wondering what they're trying to do, they're very clearly trying to, as Sean has illustrated, not just with Flexen, but with Tim Hill and with Eric Fetty before them. They're trying to get guys who hit the ball on the ground to their now better infielders who can pick up the ball and throw it to first base. That's how you get an out. They really seem Good to math. be. I mean, seriously, they really seem to be trying to make their pitching staff better this is odd to say, without going and spending a lot of money on their pitching staff, if that makes sense, right? Uh, they, they have gotten guys to surround the pitching staff and hopefully make it easier for them to pitch. Now, is that going to mean they're going to have the best pitching staff in the AL Central in, in 2024? I mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to be betting on that. Does it mean that they're going to have a, a chance at winning the division in 2024? I don't think a lot of people are going to be betting on that, but... You can see the way they're trying to play, the way they're trying to improve this team, if even just marginally. So there's that little bit of an answer there. That said, that outstanding question of what are they doing to make this team better in the long run, I definitely still think remains very much unanswered. The thing is, I think that they're at the end of next year, when we're looking back, we could say, man, Brian Bannister, Chris Getz in them, genius moves. Because if... Chris Flexen throws a 4.08 ERA, say 100-plus innings. That's a genius-ass move for 1.75. They're going to flip him. He's going to be on somebody else's team, and they're bringing in the next Chris Flexen next year. And maybe Brian Bannister will be up for some general manager spots because that is some genius stuff. Now, this can be a disaster, which most White Sox fans are thinking it's going to be because you have a bunch of nobodies out there who are going to be pitching for the 2024 White Sox, and then you're trying to trade your best pitcher, who your only pitcher you can actually rely on. So 
I don't mind that they're doing this because they talked to you guys and they said they were going to be doing things like this. I like when they explain what they're doing and then go out and execute what they're doing. I might not like the people they're picking up, but at least they're following through on their game plan. And if Chris Flexen and Eric Fetty, who I have, like you said, Vinny, much more uh, confidence that he's actually going to be good because this is his first year off of KBO, just like when uh, Flexen went to KBO, came the next year and learned the things he had in Korea and then installed them into what his major league talent was. I think that's going to be the same thing with Fetty. I think if they get something out of Flexen that is reminiscent of anything under five, five ERA or below, it's a good signing. And so I'm I, mean, I, should, I he can I give like him a this. five ERA and as long as he's thrown 160 innings, I mean be an innings. 160 eater, that innings. Oh my god. Yeah. That's already yeah, that's hands down. You could throw like a twelve ERA. But yes, I this <laughs> is under two million. This yeah, this is their plan. I might not like it, but they laid it out and this is what they're doing. I don't like that they haven't got a starting second baseman yet. Hello to my guy Nicky Lopez. Or a right fielder. But I think those are on the menu still. There's still available people who are available to pick up. But I see what they're doing. It's fine. It might work out. But if it does, we're going to be marveling about this front office staff and what they did this offseason. With how active Chris Getz is, he'll probably be talking about a new acquisition you know, next week. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. Um, but, yeah, I think that there is value in just going out and, and pitching. Uh, again, Kyle Gibson basically had one war uh, this year, and he had an ERA of like, oh, sorry, no, I just lost it, uh, 4.73 and pitched 192 innings, right? Like, if, if Chris Flexen can give you... I don't know, near one war, like that's teams are paying $9.5 million. They just paid him 1.75. I think we're talking about Jordan Lyles, the same thing. He was terrible. Jordan Lyles. Yeah, he was just sending him out there just to throw innings. That has value. It saves bullpens, even though you're bad. What you are saying is true, and I agree with it. But I guess to my point, when you talk about what Chris Getz and and Team Brass has said to us, what's one thing they want to make very clear they're not doing? Rebuilding, Yes. And if you're going out and signing guys to one-year sign-and-flip contracts, what does that look like? You're rebuilding. That looks like you're rebuilding. Yep. And and, and that's – listen, if if that's the way that they think they're going to turn this thing around, then okay. But they're they're coming out and saying adamantly, this is not a rebuild. We're not using that word rebuild. You got Jerry saying, we are not doing the complete teardown and thing that's going to take forever like it just did with Rick Hahn. And so your your first action, some of your first actions upon not rebuilding, about n- upon not doing the complete teardown, is to hope Chris Flexen turns into a, two prospects at the trade deadline. Like that sounds like a rebuild, right? I, I think it's on, <laughs> it, it is a rebuild. I mean, we we knew that. I mean, is it they shocking just, that it's a rebuild? They, they just, just don't want to say it. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's why I joke about the, the word revamping, because maybe they'll use that because it's not rebuild. Um, but that's what but I'm saying. Like, don't, they're not doing anything that's that they're, that is going to be that long-term thing. But I, I, I disagree with you. Because the offseason is not over the, yet, the, but still. The long-term yeah. thing is Brian Bannister. The long-term thing is actually being a professional organization and trying to have the idea of if a player is struggling, how do we help them? Besides just keep throwing them out there to just fix it, right? I think Brian Bannister is trying to use every single piece of data to help the pitchers. And I, I know that that sounds like a very, well, duh, no shit. Like, that's what they should be doing. But it's it, he, he has shown that he is better at this than other people in Major League Baseball. So I think the whole idea isn't, oh, well, let's go get X player because you can look at San Francisco. I forgot about this. You know who had a 5.729 or a five. That's not how so you many, say ERA. So many digits. Uh, 5.72 ERA before coming to the uh, Giants in 2020. Who? Played with the Braves and the Reds in 2019. Oh, Anthony Scalfani? No, no, not Anthony Scalfani. <laughs> who is it? No, I want you to keep, keep oh, guessing because I forgot. And this is one, of, gotta play one of my guys. Grid. He's a former Oriole as well. A Oriole Red Brave. Yeah. Who went to the Giants. Went to the Giants. Hmm. Forgot that this guy was even a, a pitcher for the for the Giants. Michael Lorenzen. Nope. Which no. year? 2020 and 2021. I'm just shouting out former Reds. Because like, they, they didn't have Rodon in 2021. And I was like, well, who else was there with Logan Webb? This guy. And then he got a big contract from a different team. What team? In the AL. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, Sean. 
keep I don't guessing. Know. I don't know. Kevin Gosman. Oh, Kevin so, Gosman. Uh, Kevin Gosman wasn't hot shit in 2019 when he was coming off his 28-year-old uh, old season. I don't remember brave Kevin Gosman. either. Right. Or, Do you remember red Kevin Gosman? No. no. I don't remember him as a giant um, and Blue Jay. Exactly. And, and he didn't become, like, you know, uh, great until going to the Giants and working with Brian Bannister. Um a lot of it was location too, making sure that he could locate that fastball that was like 97 plus and his splitter that was nasty, like getting it to actually be a whiff pitch. Um, it's and it's all about how it comes out of the hands, right? And that's what Brian Bannister showed even on Twitter. And that's why I love this guy. He's great for content. Uh, Chris Sale gets traded and he's showing Rap Soto slowed down camera of Chris uh, Sale's fastball. And you could just see the great rotation coming off of Chris Sale's fastball in slow motion, right? He's going to be able to do that for every single uh, player. And we don't hear stories about that. Uh, from prior regimes. Like, we know that the Sox have a pitch lab in Camelback Ranch, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton of stories coming out being like, oh, look at how proud of we are. It does seem like Brian Bannister has studied the art of pitching. I know that's his whole, like, company or, like, his old side thing. Um, but I think he actually means it. Like, th- I think that this the whole long-term plan is Brian Bannister, at least for as long as he wants to be here, will set the groundwork of how to professionally help pitchers. Now, let me tell you, if Brian Bannister does this year... And next year, what we're saying he might do, he's not going to be here that long. He's somebody other teams going to say, hey, you're the general manager now. Just like Craig Breslow is now the general manager in uh, Boston. That took a little bit longer. But, yeah, this guy, if he, this philosophy, because I would think that to get him from San Francisco, you had to give him certain type of uh, assurances of, hey, you have the – the ear of Chris Getz. Not only the ear, but you can uh, have the pitchers that you want. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has been laid out that he is playing a huge role in the acquisition of these players. And he was sold on Chris Getz's plan, Mm -hmm. right? And I I think that there's the prior relationship of them playing together. Like, I I think that this is Chris Getz trying to get the the gang together to win a World Series. Like, I don't think that Bannister jumps to an opportunity until he's bored with this one. Because I, I get your point that he probably is you know, in line for a, a general manager spot. Yeah, absolutely. If he but does like, this, yeah. But again, he's he's back at a, a place where he grew up too. Like I, I think that there is some other personal motivations besides being a GM. He's still young. I mean, he, he's got he's got time if he wants to be a GM. So I get I get your point, but I do though. think that there is at least the narrative that we've heard is big on Chris Getz's future, being sold on Chris Getz's future. Everybody has, everybody's saying that, whether it's whether it's the guys who joined the front office, guys who joined the coaching staff, guys who uh, have, have come to the team as players. Everybody's saying that. And, and I, uh, you know, I think that that says something about that, that long-term vision, even if we're not seeing it in, in action necessarily yet. But I do think that, you know, I've obviously been harping on that for weeks now with with the moves that they've been making but i will say on the on the on the positive end of it a you've got everybody raving uh, uh, about what they're hearing from chris Getz, and b maybe it does start with just bringing in guys that play the right way the play the way the way they want them to play and saying all right we're gonna set it this might not be the most talented team you've ever seen. This might not be a team that's going to compete for the AL Central title, but boy, they're going to play the way we want them to play. And so next offseason, we can go out to a free agent and say, are you going to play like that? Because that's what we want on our team. It, it, it might not put a lot of butts in the seats this year necessarily, but if it's all about building that organizational identity as part of this makeover, as part of that long-term plan, I guess you do got to start somewhere. Yeah, uh, let's take a break and we'll talk about what this uh, rotation will actually look like come opening day. Vinny, uh, you brought up the idea of odds uh, f- to make the starting rotation, and uh, let's—I well, I put some out there, so so we'll see what happens. Uh, let's let you know though about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, if you are looking for. Uh, a stress-free way to get into the next big event. Uh, Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Maybe you're really excited about this uh, Bears game. And, and, you know, uh, coming up, Week 18, uh, Bears-Packers. You know, maybe you're a little bit, uh, you know, know, I know the season's over, right? Bears have gotten eliminated from the playoffs. Correct. They can eliminate the Packers from the playoffs. They can eliminate the Packers from the playoffs. Maybe you want to be there. Maybe you want to see that moment. You guys drive up, right? It's a Lambo. The Tundra. Got to drive up to the frozen Tundra. Uh, But last-minute tickets uh, and... 
uh, flash deals are always frequent on game time and it makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area maybe you want to go check out the salt shed that uh nbc5 was showing off uh on their new year's eve uh coverage I'm going later this month to the Salt Shed. Who are you seeing? I'm seeing the Black Pumas. Ooh, you can go yeah. see the Black Pumas uh, uh, through game time. Uh, and you can also see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I know certain uh, stadiums in Chicago have that uh, issue. Uh, maybe Which one, you have Sean? A, an obstructed view. Uh, so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code CHGO for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sean, folks who watch our show on a daily basis know of our lovely set decorations, the bobbleheads we've got here. We've got Southpaw with the classic White Sox orange flag cactus spring training the whole business there and we've got tim anderson waiting for the red line at uh, Sox 35th of course those were donated by foco uh and they do uh wonderful work on the bobblehead front they do wonderful work on all fronts you should go get fitted out in the best sports gear around by checking them out they've got hoodies they've got shoes signs bobbleheads everything in between it might not be baseball season, but who are we kidding? It's always baseball season. Get ready for that late March snowstorm that's going to uh, most likely hit guaranteed raid field. So go get yourself an Aloha shirt, a straw hat, polos, bag sets. You can be out throwing bags in the snow. Everything you need for a White Sox game. Uh, you know, you've seen the set decorations. Go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, you can use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. Thank you, Vinny. You're um, welcome, Sean. Herb, would you bring up about flexing with the, with the pitch clock? Uh, in 2021, he threw the most uh, pickoff uh, pickoffs the first in the league. Attempts, pickoff attempts, attempts yeah. and he only picked off I think only three or four people. How you disagree? What I don't not I mean, the pitch clock, the is, new rules limiting the number of times you can throw, throw the first base. Times. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he's a big, big time killer. Uh, at least from StatCast uh, pitcher running game, who uh, there's a stat pitcher base advance run uh, ad, pitcher base advances prevented uh, PBAP of course <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Uh, if you have a plus number, that's good. That means you're preventing runs. You led the league. Chris flexing on them hoes? No, shocking. Oh, uh, Dylan Cease somehow did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm, I, th- I don't remember Dylan having too many problems. I think that was more of a Clevenger and Kopech thing. Um, but Flexen was uh, above average, uh, two pitcher base advance is prevented. So I don't know if that's a huge issue. And also, uh, he didn't work super fast, but he still worked well under the uh, allowed time limit uh, for the actual pitch tempo and didn't have any violations. So I don't know if he was too affected by the by the pitch clock. I don't I don't know if that's I mean, yeah. Like Vinny said, the throwing over to the first, like you can only yeah. do it twice or three times. But I mean, also that I mean, I don't, was Colorado rolling out the best? I mean, I guess he was All Star MVP, uh, the the best defensive catchers. Like I don't know, that could also just be a part of the the defensive uh, game around you. Um, the matchup of the big baby. Mm-hmm. Both of these, uh, Chris Flexen's nickname, White Sox fans, is Big Baby. And as we know, Aloy Jimenez, hi mom, uh, also nicknamed Big Baby. Yes. So 6'4", Aloy Jimenez, 240 pounds, versus 6'3", 219, Chris Flexen. They're both pretty big babies. Who is getting the nickname? I think the White Sox will stick with calling Aloy that. You know, it's entrenched. Yeah. Kind of situation. I mean, they had the uh, whole ceremony in L.A. for him when he died. When he died, <laughs> when the big baby passed. But I think he acts kind of like a ch- childlike, not in the bad way, and not a negative connotation there. I, so the big baby fits with the lawyer. I don't know Chris Flexen's personality as yet, but as a starting pitcher, we won't see it that much because when he's on the mound, usually they're all business. So I would say Chris Flexen has to bring like at least twenty thousand dollars to a lawyer to take the name from him otherwise it's 20 going- grand yeah that's a lot yeah or maybe just i mean do do a lot of people call either of those two guys that i've never eloy has the, the uh has the instagram handle i believe yeah yeah mm. I, I chris flexen has a very uh low social media presence as i found out he does have an instagram has zero posts uh i doubt it's even active uh so i don't i don't think he's gonna care 
Chris Flexen doesn't seem like a big nickname guy. Yeah, we'll find out. You said Chris Flexen on them hoes. Uh, and he said Chris Flexen on them pale hoes. That was that's a good one. Uh, he's on them. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Uh, Connor with the uh, super chat. Top music Sox fans. Uh, number one, uh, Muddy Waters. Number two, uh, Van Zant. And I believe number that three, would be Ronnie Van Zant. Chance yeah. the rapper. There you uh, go. Ronnie so Van Zant. I'm I'm unaware. I'm going to have to talk with Connor about that. Yeah, you just can't say Van Zant. Van Zant's a very large. Well, I mean, I know who, like, I know who he's be, referring to, but, but that person is it? from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm not quite sure of his White Sox connections. Uh, Van Zant was an avid fisherman. He enjoyed baseball and was a fan of the Chicago White Sox and New York Yankees. Oh, there you go. Mm. And this is according to Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, he was in Florida when there were no teams in Florida. He was attracted by the Tampa Mm. rumors. In this, in the which, which, which happened in Jacksonville, no, he, which he happened passed. ten years after he died. So <laughs> shit. <laughs> Anywho, uh, listen, we had there was some there was some uh, White Sox related news over the weekend with Lucas Giolito signing with the Red Sox, uh, and then also uh, Chris Sale, as you mentioned, traded to from the Red Sox to the Braves. Yes, and I wanted to bring up uh, the report from Chris Cotillo uh, or Chris Cotillo. My bad. I don't know why I said t- Cotillo. I don't think he's Hispanic. No, um, uh, it was covering the Craig Breslow press conference after they make the moves to trade sale and to acquire Lucas Giolito. And uh, Chris said he's hearing from a source that the Red Sox have told at least one free agent target that they need to shed more payroll before pursuing him as aggressively as they want to. Uh, and uh, also Craig Breslow addressed that they would be interested in controlled pitching. That is Dylan Cease as well. I don't know if you guys have a thoughts on the Giolito and Sale stuff first before we get into maybe the Red Sox being a player for Dylan. Well, I, the, the first thing that would jump to my mind would be we heard a lot of mention as of the Braves as potential suitors for Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. And now that they've got Chris Sale, do are they suitors for Dylan Cease anymore? They might not have been willing to meet the White Sox price on a Dylan Cease trade, mm-hmm. but they were willing to trade Vaughn Grissom for Chris Sale. So now they've got him. Does that take away a team that might have been very interested in acquiring Dylan Cease? Did the White Sox, I don't want to say wait too long, but are there are there is the pool have fewer people in it now? Um, the people that they could trade with, we'll see. Giolito, um, you know, really obviously took a hit market-wise from what he was do what he did after the White Sox traded him away um you would think that maybe that would have opened up the White Sox as a possibility perhaps given that he maybe wasn't going to cost as much as he might have when they traded him uh in in late July there but uh he is going to go wear Red Sox now and uh you know uh, you're you're Sean bringing up the idea of the Red Sox perhaps being a a cease trading partner if they want another pitcher, if they want to trade some salary away. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Are, are the Red Sox just going to replace their one former White Sox pitcher with two mm-hmm. now former uh, one former White Sox ace with two more? I think Johnny Cueto's available. Not a former White Sox ace, though. No. Yes, he was. No. No. See, no, that was the Cease, Cease was on that. Here. I'm gonna say Cease was on that team too. <laughs> I think there was, was some brief window where Johnny Cueto was the ace. <laughs> I will go find that window. But it was weird. I thought like when I heard that Braves are trading with the Red Sox, a starting pitcher is coming back to the Braves. I was like, okay, Ronaldo Lopez is going to Boston, so we can stay <laughs> together with his man. Sign a trade. Sign a trade, man. But it's very sad that Lucas and uh, Ronaldo are now playing the same team for the first time in their professional careers. But it is a shocking development that Lucas Giolito got, what, $19 million per year for two years? The league saw Lucas Giolito last year, and his non-White Sox games were pretty bad. And they looked right past that. The Boston Red Sox said, we like that. We value that. At $19 million, I was just like, whoa, hey, get your money, Lucas Giolito. Enjoy Boston. I hope he does well because he's a good person. I would want him back here at the White Sox, but... That was a shocking move to me. And then the fact that Atlanta Braves, they're just trading everybody. Chris Sale, of course, is at the end of his career, not as healthy as he used to be, as uh, some people have said. I don't know if they're necessarily done on the trademark because you can't depend on Chris Sale to throw what a starting pitcher should be throwing and a, a guy of his ilk should be throwing. So they might still be in there. But, you know, Vaughn Grissom was one of the people rumored if you do the ceasing to bring back to the White Sox. So I think they might be out of it because, you know, when you pick up a salary and all that uh, goodness of Chris Sale, you're probably done 
with getting a big acquisition, and they don't know if they have enough players that the White Sox are interested in to bring back to the Chris Sale to Atlanta and then bring them back to the Chicago. There was a nine-game stretch from July 4th to August 20th, <laughs> nine games, where Johnny Cueto had a 1.95 ERA. Dylan Cease in those eight games had a 1.32 ERA. <laughs> so annoyed. Uh, yeah, the the Sale thing's interesting. Um, I was on a – you retweeted Mike Palm shitting on Justin Fields yeah. uh, when we were out at the Circa uh, and on that flight I got I was blessed with uh, live TV from United uh, and I got to watch uh, MLB Network air uh, the Boston Red Sox taking on the Detroit Tigers uh, and that game was started by Chris Sale who was coming off the I.L. Uh, went four and two thirds innings one hit allowed two earned runs seven strikeouts and I was just very surprised because it was not like blazing fastball Chris Sale, but he was still extremely effective. Um, I just wonder how much, uh, you know, is still left in that because the expected stats are still insane. His expected ERA, 74th percentile, expected batting average, 85th percentile, chase rate, 92 percentile, K rate, 88th percentile. So he's still is Chris Sale. He's still getting swings and misses, and he's doing this without the actual, you know, 99 blazing stuff. So uh, very odd, and the slider's, like, very loopy now. It's very, like, a video game. We're going to have, like, 25 inches of break. Um, it's it's very weird. So maybe the Braves can do this, but just the Braves have had the weirdest offseason in the world. Odd. I active. think they've made 25 trades. Active. I haven't counted. Oh, yeah, very active. The White Sox and Braves, very active. Including with each other. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Hey, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some mingling if you're going to be that active. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the sale one's interesting. The Giolito one is interesting, but, I mean, what do we expect? I mean, I think it's been 34 days since John Morosi said that the Dylan Cease market was heating up uh, and he's still a White Sox. It seems like the price is too high, and that's why we have the Reds like leaking that reported uh, package or so uh, for what the White Sox wanted for for Dylan Cease. Maybe just pitching's more expensive than we thought. I mean, uh, the average contract that they thought G. Lita would get would be around fifteen million yeah. AAV, and gets around nineteen. Exactly. So you know, I mean, the price for pitching's high, so. I'm fine if Dylan Cease is a White Sox Love until it. July because I feel like that means you're going to get the highest price. If you do wait, yeah, someone's going to pay, pay that premium. That was my fear coming into this offseason and having the deal and cease rumors of him maybe being traded that a first year GM would be too like willing to give up him and bring back lesser than his market. But no, he is held steady, held fast where this is the price. You don't want to meet it? Cool. I'll keep this man. We got him in two years. And that's a great way to go through it. And uh, if that is the thing where no one, the Reds, the Orioles, the Braves, the Red Sox, whoever these teams are, don't want to meet the price, the price is the price. And if Chris Sale holds steady, I'm good with that. It's You got him for or two Chris more Getz. years. Or Chris Getz. Yeah. I said Chris Sale. Sorry. Yeah, they hold steady. And you still, as Morosi said down there, you have two more pennant races if you trade him at the trade deadline for – Dylan Cease. So the price will still be the price at that time. Yes, a whole year has been gone. But I think, as uh, John Morosi said, the price won't change. And maybe it goes up because now these people are desperate. And now they don't have other avenues to get a quote-unquote ace on the market. And now all you have to do is trade some of your prospects away to go and compete for a world championship for two playoff pushes for Chris uh, for uh, Dylan C. So yeah, I'm good with him doing this. And if the Reds don't think it's feasible for what they're asking, bump them. You're not ready for baseball then. You're not ready for major league trading then, but the Reds. Yeah. Dylan Cease, I don't care if you, he had a whatever ERA this year. Most people see him as an ace. And that's he sees himself as an ace. That's why you fire your other agent. And you go and get Scott Boris. And you're writing poems for yourself and I printing just, out T-shirts. I just keep, I'll keep bringing up the guy who we just talked about, though, Chris Sale. When Rick Hahn traded Chris Sale, Chris Sale was had three years of control versus two, and Chris Sale was peak Chris Sale. Yes, he was. Um, mm. Which is one mm. of the best pitchers that we've seen in a long time. Damn. Dylan Cease has been great. Dylan Cease is coming off a downish year for him. I don't think anybody would claim that Dylan Cease has been as good in the last year 
two, three years as Chris Sale was in the three years prior to him getting traded from the White Sox. Yeah, Chris Sale in the uh, five seasons before he was traded, a cool 304 ERA and Cy Young finishes of six, five, three, four, and five. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was ridiculous. And and he got Kopech Moncada plus. Is is that is that package we saw about the Reds, which is again who knows where in the conversation that was, but that package we saw about the Reds seems bigger than the Kopech Moncada Plus package. The price of pitching, as you mentioned, goes up. It can be different on, in any different market, but um, I would I would think about what the White Sox got for sale and compare it to what you think they might get, maybe what you think they might should get for Cease. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Want to just move into the final thing because we've got about five minutes. Uh, odds to make the rotation because uh, we've been talking about Chris Flexen, talking about Cease and the possibility of him uh, being traded. I have Eric Fetty at minus 800. Uh, what does that mean? That means, means that he's, pretty he's, much a, he's a he's favorite. He's a lock. You he want is, to be as minus as possible? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, like, gotcha. so, so it, uh, if you're at plus 100... Right, that means you get the same amount of money as you gambled or as you wagered. Okay. Uh, so if you if you bet one dollar on pl- something that's plus one hundred, you will get a dollar. Okay, if win. you win. Yeah. Uh, if you, if it's minus eight hundred, I don't know the the thing, but I think you get like if you bet a dollar, you get like twenty cents. Ah, maybe not even. It's probably like point. It's probably eight cents. Um, so he's a, a very heavy favorite. Gotcha. Understood. Um, it's uh, Dredrick Tatum versus Homer Simpson. <laughs> okay. Understood. Uh, Eric Fetty uh, minus eight hundred. Michael Kopech, minus 145. I think that you know, he's not he, – he is – I would say that he is probably the second closest thing to a lock to make the starting rotation. And we're – you're – I would count that as even if he's Sean Maniang, he's coming in in the fifth inning. All right, I'm just going to let you go and finish your thing. You sure? No, I'm going to let your thing – Yeah, keep going. Keep okay. going. Uh, I'm going to put Cease at minus 105. It's not even money. Usually, you know, sports folks want to tempt people with that plus. Uh, but I think it's likely that he will stay on the team. Uh, it seems like the White Sox will hold on to Cease. I'll put him at minus 105. I think he's got the third best chance to be on the White Sox rotation. Chris Flex in plus 105. You know, it's likely he'll be on the in the rotation, but I mean, he's also been a guy that's been working in the bullpen before. Maybe they think of him as just a, a one time through the rotation guy, and they give Tuki Toussaint that chance. Uh, and then Michael Soroka plus one twenty five, uh, the fifth best chance to be that fifth starter if he's healthy. It seems like Michael Soroka will be there, uh, but again. That's been a, a big if for him. Uh, he seems like he's got the quality to being starting pitcher, but again, he hasn't had the health to, to go along with it. So we'll give him we'll give him longer shot there. And so your Chris, your um, Dylan Cease thing is only because he might be traded. That's yeah, why right. you have it minus one hundred and five. Yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I would, I, 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 you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know an actual sports book put it at plus because it you know. I would no. I it, would. It, it, it seems likely that it'll get traded. I would put that over. I would put Cease over Kopech and more closer to what Fetty is, because I think we've you already. You think he's getting traded? I think the people are gun shy. They don't want to pull the trigger on these deals. I don't think he, they're ready for action. So yeah, I think he's going to be in the White Sox rotation, and maybe they're planning for it right now. But I would see he's more. Like I would say it's more likely that he's in the starting rotation than Michael Kopech is in the starting rotation because Michael Kopech struggles in the starting rotation. And the year that he did do this, the hybrid starter slash rota- uh, reliever guy, he was pretty decent. And maybe the White Sox want to get back to that. And I know that his ceiling is higher than just a reliever guy. And so they would want to exhaust every avenue as a starting pitcher for Michael Kopech. That's understood, but they have a bunch of other starting options now where Michael Kopech, if he doesn't come to spring training correctly or they see something that's not working for Michael Kopech, they could say, hey, man, we got all these rest of these people who are doing the job and we're getting production from and you're just not there yet. We'll put you in the bullpen or we'll do what we were talking about, bringing him in the third inning because his big time struggles were in the first and the fifth innings in 2023. Maybe you do a different thing with that guy to get more maximum effort out of him. And the results are better than that because we've seen this. Know, but even in best, he was like a five and dive guy. I, I, that's not true. At his best, he's of no hit. He's no hitting the Yankees. He's going eight near perfect but those innings were few against and far the Tigers. Between. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But at his best, yeah, he's, a, a, he's a he's a legit beast. 
Yeah, but and, he's got to find consistency, yeah, which absolutely. he has not done. Yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that. But I mean, I, I would I would not say at his best as a five they, and dive. But these are these are different people too, different eyes looking at Kopech. They didn't draft him. They're like, hmm, he's good. He's got talent. He, Nobody and, on the White Sox draft. Yeah, <laughs> but but didn't was I mean Brian Bannister was in the Red Sox organization. Yeah, when yeah they but did yeah, I, would, I don't. I can't imagine he was involved in the. But draft it has no. Yeah, there's no like yeah. you know connection to Michael Kopech. So you know usually you know a GM like yeah I draft this guy I want him to succeed because that's my pick that's part of my legacy. These guys have no attachment necessarily to Michael Kopech and his success for them. But yeah, I think that he has a great shot of being a starting rotation pitcher but also I would think that they like hey if you don't get it done brother we have other options we can go with because if you're only giving us four and two-thirds what the hell are good are you uh when Bannister first met the media, can you fix Kopech? Part of being around the game a long time, I had Michael in Boston. He was a part of the sale trade. I'm a big believer in him. We already had some internal dis- initial discussions. My sweet spot has always been helping pitchers who are either coming off a down year or have lost their identity a little bit and really getting in there and building trust with them and helping them identify what makes them a productive major league pitcher and just walking alongside them in that process. But can you fix Kopech? For sure. I just knew he had that I- issue. But going forward, there are things that we did in Boston that I'm also looking to do here so I, I don't know I, I push back on that because he's he has worked with them before he's worked with them and man. like you look at Chris Flexen you look at Eric Fetty you look like Michael Kopech has major league stuff he does like the best canvas that he has or the best I don't know what what, what, would, what would this be for Brian clay Bannister? you're the looking best for clay. clay yes the best the actual you know flown in from Italy like this is the best Material. Is that where the best clay comes I from? I don't know. <laughs> France, because the Roland Garros? The finest Italian clay. <laughs> the best materials that you have of making anything outside of Cease is, is Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech has a major league elite fastball, and that has been from 2021, 2022 to 2023, at least the stuff, right? It hasn't been located well all throughout those years. Um, And when he had the training wheels on, he was a lot better in one inning situations. But again, they, they need him to work out as a starter. And there's nothing stopping them from letting him completely fail and burn out in Chicago. Like, I don't understand the reason why you wouldn't options. have him be the starter. Other options. Is there a better option right now than Michael Kopech? Besides, right now, I mean, but if he's cease. if he's in spring training, not showing you exactly what you need to sh- see, well, there's or, other people that are or, showing you what they can do. Herb, far from not showing exactly what you need to see, if he comes to spring training and he's showing you exactly what you don't want to see, yeah. And I think the 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 reason that you're saying what you're saying, I kind of agree with in that. He was very bad last year, mm-hmm. and it is possible that that could replicate itself come spring. doesn't mean it will. No. Nope. And it, it's very possible that Bannister and Ethan Katz have had a very successful offseason with him so far, will continue to do so, and he shows up to spring training at anywhere on a wide spectrum from, eh, okay, fine, we'll give it a chance to, wow, he's looking like we always thought Michael Kopech could look. It's a wide spectrum, and he could be anywhere along that, or he could be on the other side of it, which is, boy, this is looking a lot like 2023. But I think Sean's right, in, too, in saying, well, what, what's the harm? You're not expecting to win. Let this guy figure it out. That's what exhausting every avenue means. Yeah. And so if they have exhausted every avenue by the end of spring training, which I guess – is possible then maybe sure they would be like because they're already talking about at the end of last year oh remember the versatility he had he could end up in the bullpen and so when you've got your manager and and your and your general manager already mentioning that as a possible outcome it 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 sends up a little bit of an alarm bell saying oh maybe they think there's a safety net there that they can allow him to fall into all that being said, they have not gone out and acquired anybody that is blowing Michael Kopech off the depth chart no. right now. And so I think the odds are that he will be in the opening day rotation. But if you were to ask me who's more likely to be, I think Eric Fetty is more likely to be. And I would argue, hey, look, they just gave Chris Flexen a major league contract. Guy started 31 games two years ago. But, but we'll see how that all plays out. Right. And I think when we look 
at, you know, these like Pakoda projections and the idea of like, oh, a team just had their 100th percentile season or their zero percentile season. Like Kopech could absolutely in 2024 be anywhere from that zero percentile to that 100th percentile. I completely understand that. But when you look at actual stuff on their fastballs uh, since 2022, so this takes in his 2022 year and 2023 year on pitchers that at least have thrown 200 innings, he has the eighth best fastball in Major League Baseball, according to Stuff. Uh, the only guys above him, Brandon Woodruff, Yu Darvish, Blake Snell, Dylan Cease, Hunter Green, Garrett Cole, and Spencer Strider. And the only thing that he really lacks is location, obviously. Location plus, he's got the worst out of those at 93 plus, uh, but Snell and Cease are around 97. So even if you can make incremental in- like improvements on that location, the fastball plays. He has an elite fastball, and if they are able to find something in those secondary pitches with Michael Kopech, again, I, 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 I would be shocked that they wouldn't want to say, let's give him as many chances and as many opportunities to start until we have no other opportunity, as you said, uh, exhausting every avenue. Then we'll put him in the bullpen, or then we'll give him a chance in, in AAA, and maybe he needs a, a confidence booster or whatever. Uh, maybe they'll give him, give him up. Maybe they'll just cut him. Who knows? I will never cut him. As you said, he's... <laughs> He's wanted. Once they cut him, it's, it's somebody the, else is going to pick him up and fix him. Once they cut him, unless Yohan Moncada has a, a huge year, uh, the Chris Sale trade uh, will, will end. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece up at allchgo.com, talking about Chris Flexen and the state of the Chicago or the shape of the Chicago White Sox rotation. Um, and even though they keep signing guys doesn't seem like any of them are emphatic periods uh, in this rotation. Uh, you can read that at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Hit that like button on your way out. And we will see you tomorrow at 3.30. Goodbye. Y'all silly like the mayor. 